Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. WFNZ Mac and Bone with you here. A very spirited conversation during the break. Uh, During the break, more discussion of the Willie P. Mickey Mouse goal call phenomenon. There continues to be more and more movement as he continues to just gain fame nationwide. Uh, We'll we'll update you on that in a little bit. Right now, though, a man who's... Play-by-play calls have not gone viral. He has not been compared to any cartoon characters that I know of. He might go Donald Duck, though, game one against Atlanta. <laughs> Can you match Willie P with Donald Duck? Jim Zoki, by the way, voice of the Panthers. Maybe like Scooby-Doo or like Shaggy. <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> like, Zoinks, like, totally well, a niche. Like if there's a fumble, Zoinks! <laughs> <laughs> I need oh, a Scooby Snack. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, God. All right, we Ball, got Ball would be good. Ball, Ball Wico would be good. <laughs> but that trick never works. Let's play for sure. Oh, man. Zoki, if, if, if Willie P, if this is where Willie P wants to take this bone to a cartoon character call off, Zoki's got so many in his bag right now. Yeah, Zoki's got some time and opportunity here to make to make doing this. <laughs> All right, Zoki, let's talk about let's, let's talk about a couple of uh, fellas who uh, deserve the love. They deserve this moment. Julius Peppers and Musin Muhammad announced yesterday as the next two that will go into the Hall of Honor. October 29th will be the day where they are inducted. Uh, let's talk about these guys. You've called a heck of a lot of games for you know all, all the games these guys played with the Panthers. Let's talk about Moose. I was mentioning earlier, Moosin Muhammad really seemed to grow in his time here in Charlotte, right? Like when he came in, I remember people saying, oh, there's a, he's a diva wide receiver, you know? And now look at him in the business world around Charlotte and, and it's just... His his maturity on and off the field, I think, was a cool story. Now he is um, to, to, to your point to take it off the field. You know, one of the many that has stayed and become entrenched here in the community yeah. does a lot of good charity work here. Very successful in real estate as well. But the football player, I mean, if you wanted to go just by best blocking run oh. blo- run blocking wide receiver, and, and Smitty would be up there too, by the way. Uh, but uh, Masin and Smitty, I mean, what those guys meant. In that John Fox offense, people like to make fun of it. Part of what makes it all go is downfield blocking and things like that, or even at the line of scrimmage. So Moose obviously led the league in receptions a couple times. Uh, He stepped up the year Smitty got hurt. He put up big numbers when Smitty was there and other players were there. Um, So he really, he did everything. And as I put that little clip up on Twitter yesterday that we 
I think a lot of us saw about a month ago where Smitty said, without Moussa Muhammad, there's no Steve Smith and what he meant to his development yep. and his character in becoming a, a, a big-time pro player in this league and a future Hall of Famer is that uh, you know, Moose is second in all those major categories to only Steve Smith. So I thought well-deserving, and I didn't know what order they would do with the two that they brought in. I thought Peppers for sure made a lot of sense, but I'm really pleased that uh, Moussa Muhammad is getting the nod now. When you look back to his 2004 season, where does that rank all time in Charlotte sports war for individual seasons? But there's also the, the element of kind of unexpected. Smitty got hurt, I believe, Green Bay, Monday night, game one. Right. right Moose had 837, three touchdowns the year before. He goes for 1405 and 16 touchdowns and one of the great runs we've ever seen a player have here. I mean, outside of Cam Newton's MVP season, that's probably the best performance as far as all-around stuff. And Smitty had a year like Smitty's that. Smitty's Triple Crown year. <laughs> a year later. I would say yeah. those are the three in, in Panthers history to put those collectively together. You know, Cam MVP and then Smitty and, and, and Moose with the years they had as far as across the board and all those major categories is right up there. So, yeah, he was terrific. And, of course, you look at the Super Bowl season, the 2003 season, and all the big catches he makes, including the Super Bowl record, 85-yarder, but also the big one in Philadelphia in a low-scoring game on, on the touchdown and the SI cover that came out of that with him hushing the crowd in Philadelphia. So yes. he, um, yeah, he's just iconic uh, to Panther fans. It may not be as time passes by somebody as top of mind as uh, more recent players like Cam and somebody who's more in the limelight like Smitty, but Masin Muhammad, uh, as far as being in that Hall of Honor, is so well-deserved. The Panthers actually had him recreate that Sports Illustrated that cover. Picture, yeah. You know, they had him down on one knee, shushing. And so that was a pretty cool thing that they did on their social. Uh, we're talking with Jim Zoki, one of the voices of the Panthers guy. You talk about an original Panther, a guy that's been here since day one and seen the careers of Moose and Pep that have earned them this honor. Another good thing about Moose, before we get into Pep, is he's just so underrated. Like, nationally, he definitely is, right? Mm -hmm. Underrated. And, and part of it is he played in that same era as Steve Smith, and Steve Smith's the guy that is going to at some point be in Canton. But he's even a... Is he underrated here in Charlotte, too, to a degree? I still feel yeah. like even here he's a bit underrated. No, I agree with that. I think, you know, he's... The people know the name, and he's who are old enough uh, watched him play. Know he was a very good football player, but again, doesn't get his due until Smitty, you know, eclipsed his records. I mean, he was the leader in the major categories here. So I absolutely agree with that. And those were good teams. And we talk about the Super Bowl season. You know, there were a number of, of playoff years, and he spent eleven seasons. He came back and did two more at the end after Chicago. And when he came back from Chicago. In what would be his 13th year in the league, he almost got 1,000 yards that year. He was just, yep. uh, I think, 900-something that year he came back. So, I mean, he just was such a, I guess the word is consistent. I mean, just what a consistent performer and steady and a big physical receiver and target. You even think about that 85-yard catch in uh, the Super Bowl against New England. It was that stiff arm at like yep. the 15 or 20-yard line that got to the point where it became the big touchdown and, and the, the record-breaking one and the, obviously a big moment uh, in that game late in the fourth quarter. So to me, uh, just the whole physicality of what he brought to the game as well the was blocking. a different element. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned the blocking. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like I remember, Bone, it was the same era that Heinz Ward was out there getting all this praise. Oh, my God, cheap the greatest wide receiver. Cheap, no cheap shotting people as well. Yes, that. and no one nationally <laughs> yeah. ever talked about Moose because he played for Carolina. He mm -hmm. didn't play for the big, bad Steelers. And it's right. like, dude, Moose is right there, man, in terms of, of blocking he, wide receivers. He is. We're talking to Jim Zoki, Panther Radio Network, WBT Radio Hall of Famer in his own right. Zoke, Peppers is a fascinating individual to go back and look at because you have stint one where he was freakishly dominant. 
but yet personality-wise, standoffish. We didn't hear from Pep a lot. He goes to Green Bay and Chicago, comes back, and he comes back as a leader and almost not quite the same image as he had when he left here. What was it like for you to watch Peppers from stint one coming back for stint two to watch the growth of Julius in that time period? Yeah, and you um, you, you used a word that I think a lot of people viewed and could take the wrong way, standoffish. I think he was just shy. Yeah, that's, and when yeah, he came yeah, out yeah, of yeah. Chapel Hill, I know you didn't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying, but I think people viewed it as that way because he wasn't a big public speaker. And I'll tell a quick story. You know, we would do the uh, post-game uh, interviews with the star of the game. And uh, his first game, I uh, go down there in the preseason and I'm interviewing him. And I ask him a question. And it was something like, you know, how does it feel to get that first preseason game under your belt or whatever? And he was just kind of looking up and gathering his words. And the pause was so long. Producer David Langton in my ear goes, are you guys still there? <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> no one could hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was, he was very... Um, I think uh, careful in his words and a man of few words, if you will. And then as his career developed and he goes to Chicago, he goes to Green Bay and he comes back, he becomes uh, successful in business and so forth. I mean, he's a very eloquent speaker. And so I think it was just, again, a matter of a kid who grew up in North Carolina, went to college in Chapel Hill, a lot expected of him early. Um, Ended up on a reality show with his wife in Miami at one point as like a secondary character. Like he was the wife was the main part of the show, but he was like on Julius Peppers was on a reality show like in his house. Yeah, you couldn't imagine it happening in the previous day. No, it's true. He was he was shy. That's what it is. It's just a personality thing. It wasn't like an attitude thing. It's just people also would call him dumb. Oh, he's yeah. it's just like he just doesn't want you know what I mean? He's but not comfortable. Was, he is so thoughtful. You listen to him talk now and the perspective he had late in his oh, career. He's it's like this dude, there was a whole lot there that people never knew, and I'm glad they did get to see and it. I thought the other knock on him that was made publicly a lot was he takes plays off. The guy's fourth all time in quarterback sacks. Oh, he's it's got ridiculous. 159 and a half. How many plays off were you taking? He, it wasn't like he was ineffective as a as a run stopper. And Zoke, here's the crazy thing about the criticism that Pep faced. By the way, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer next year, for God's sakes. Um, is it wasn't just fans. I remember being back in the old building at WFNZ and like I'd get into arguments with like other hosts who would be like calling him out. I couldn't imagine that and, happening. And that and like off the air, on the air. Like it was just I I, I could not believe. Are you kidding me? Uh, have you ever seen a player that good take that much crap? No, it was like, just because I think so much is expected. Because he's such a freak, right? And I think you also focus on a player on defense that you normally wouldn't. So let's say you're playing 70, 75 snaps out there. There are going to be plays that are not run to your side of the field or where you just, you know, whatever's going on. Is take just, a breath. I don't yes. think he was like hurting the team. There's just like, it's going to happen where you're just not the main featured guy on a player, whatever yeah. it is. So obviously to be, again, fourth all time in quarterback sacks. And play 17 years. Isn't he like um, top five for pl- games played in the league on defense? I think so. He's got yeah, at least top ten because he played. He played a long time here, and then he played. <laughs> he, he extended that another decade. So what do you have? Eighteen, eighteen, ten of his seventeen years. Seventeen years. So he gets, uh, I think four in Chicago, three in Green Bay. And it was interesting. I think in both cases, I think he went to Chicago because he wanted to go somewhere else. High school, college, pro, all here in the same state. So I think he wanted to go somewhere else. And do the same Definitely. thing somewhere else. And I think he chose Green Bay, as I recall, because he was excited about being in a 3-4 and playing yeah. as a linebacker. So I think he liked challenging himself to do things. And, of course, like Masin, comes back and, and finishes his career back. At Here's a hypothetical, one of our what-ifs that we sometimes will ask on sports radio. He's already got a crazy legacy within the state of North Carolina, Julius Peppers. Basketball, football. His legacy is good enough to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and a large part of that was because he played for the Panthers. But, Mackers, I'll ask you and Jim both. Imagine if Peppers never left here, though. 
Where where would he like if he had another five, six, seven prime years, if possible, in Charlotte, where would we rank him among the all time, all time Charlotte athletes? He's already high up. Probably number but if one. He, if, he, yeah, if all those stats that would make him a first ball Hall of Famer came in a Panther uniform, mm-hmm. oh my he, goodness, he'd probably be the greatest be. Charlotte sports athlete ever. Well, right? Think about it. I mean, in terms of the, the major long term sports, it's that and the Hornets, and he exceeds any Hornets. So to me, absolutely, he probably, as you said, along with Smitty and a couple of other Panthers, is probably that guy anyway. If you did yeah. the list, even regardless Him, of seven Smitty years not being here, or yeah. the three best players, and then we can debate which you know what I mean, yep. like which what way you want to rank. What, him, Luke, what would Luke Keekley's numbers look like if he played another oh, four years? Big time. Uh, big I, time. I think about that three times a day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Luke doesn't even think about that, <laughs> that anymore. That, that sounded creepier. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That sounded meal. creepier than I intended it to be. I didn't. I meant three times uh, a week. Yeah, yeah and I know you guys had that kind of like. Like low key, kind of like Luke's a, a fan of the show, kind of. Well, approach. he does romance between Luke, 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 Luke told uh, a mutual friend to not tell us that he liked the show. He likes the show, but don't tell us. You know all. why? Because this is what happens. Now Bone, now Bone thinks about him three times a day. That's what Luke was trying to avoid occurring. I, I think most of your texters on the text line are that way. They they come off as negative, but secretly they love the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 They, just don't do. they don't want to hey, show it outwardly. I haven't been told to go away in at least four minutes now from the text line. <laughs> hey, real, real quick, I want to mention on Peppers uh, with Flounder in here, especially as well, because he knows this. And uh, people forget because if they weren't around back in the era, what a good basketball player Pep was at North Carolina. I mean, he was on their Final Four team. Yeah. Played for Bill Guthridge as a walk-on. Played two years of basketball there. I mean, that guy could have been probably an NBA basketball think player. About if Peppers Definitely. would have came a decade later basketball-wise. It was still it was still transitioning a little bit out of the traditional big man era. But imagine Julius Peppers, his skill set for basketball, how he translates to today's game, Mac, as that small ball five type play. Julius Peppers, yeah. if he played basketball now, he would probably – Start on the Hornets summer league. Oh man! <laughs> I said it. That's how good I he said was. It. I said it loud. Holy I said it proud. Crap! By the way, and, and they might have won a game. <laughs> well, it way easy there. Basketball was his his top love as a sport. Yeah, that's another reason why people use that against him. He would admit openly, basketball is the sport I love more than football. But football is the one that's that's the one I'm best at. Mm-hmm. So people use that against him. He doesn't love football. He loves basketball. He doesn't love so that was another thing they would use against him. I just I was looking back at it, how the hell do we have our first ever full blown like first ballot Hall of Famer that played most of his career in a Panther uniform? Played two years and, here, and he and he spent like yeah, he more than two years here, and he spent at least half of his career like being bashed by like a bunch of our family. Like it doesn't make any sense, man. But you guys we're appreciate weird. that because you live in that world. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Where you receive all that. We had to deal with it all the time. We would have sales guys, man. But we walk I walked down the, the hallway. It was such a heated argument in the old building. Sales guys, you don't really believe that about Peppers, man. He's dogging it, isn't he? And it's just like I had to What pull- are we doing here? And that's, that's why, why they're leave. in sales. <laughs> and that's why they're in sales. There you that's go. That's true. I, I just sick to sell things. Hey, why don't you but go to to go radio. sell something. I had to pull Mac out of conversation, physically remove Mac from conversations with sales. Yeah, it's true. It's true, man. Um, uh, all right, so that's how we got so many endorsements, though, back in the day. That's what I did. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we, we get uh, into yeah, it. Once again, we love the sales department. Let's uh, be clear, but we love the sales yeah, department. Yeah, how do you think I got Mark's pain? <laughs> I went over there and physically threatened folks. Man, I sold your house. Actually, we have a sales uh, guy, Drew, that is seven foot nine. He would literally throw me in a dumpster if I, you know what I mean? If I, I think Bailey, Bailey calls him Gen Z Drew. Is that what he, I think that's his name? 
Gen, Gen Z. Z Giant. Gen Z Giant. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Zoke, appreciate right, guys. you, Thank bro. you, guys. Carry on. There you go, Jim Zoki, one of the voices of your Carolina Panthers, a voice of the Panthers since day one, reminiscent about the careers of Moose and Pep. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Welcome back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. And everybody in here is as happy as can be. And I did not try to make that rhyme. But it's the Slurpee gang in here, folks. I'm putting a picture up on the social media right now as we speak. We've been enjoying Slurpees and great conversation. Thanks to Shroppy coming through for the boys. And, uh, yeah, man, they, they, they've been coming through with it. Hit us up on a text line, 704-570-9610. What you got, Walt? Well, it's just the second time that we've made Troppy look like the highest dude in Charlotte when we sent him to cookout in order to get what was the worst milkshake that we could come up with. And then we sent him to 7-Eleven to go get five Slurpees. <laughs> right. We took two hands where he had to cradle all five Slurpees to walk out of there, and everybody was laughing at him. It, he just, it looks like he just was in the parking lot smoking stuff. That was the thing I was wondering, too. I was like, man, do they have drink holders for him? Because I knew that that was going to be <laughs> a challenge for him. So kudos. That gives him even more props to put five Slurpees in the car with no drink holder. And these things are frozen, by the How way. How did you transport them? Uh, Give us your play-by-play. Yeah, so I have my two cup holders up front that I use, and then in my back seat, there's a the middle console that folds down, mm. and I utilize those two cup holders and then one was right in between my legs. Look at no, those. Oh, which one was that? So one? do you have frozen stars over there? Or what? Oh, no. <laughs> Look at the skills. <laughs> oh, am I drinking that? Oh God, no. That's definitely that was definitely fitties. So. Uh, oh heck would yeah. Would that change your mind as good as they are? That even if you were drinking it, would you just decide you to throw it away? You mean drinking the stroppy crotch slurpee? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's a little different. Stroppy crotch. Yeah. Drop crotch. It's a different flavor. It sounds like a disease. To be honest with you. <laughs> All right, so uh, trying to get this show back onto the rails, man. I'm like, I'm like Vin Diesel right now in Fast and Furious. The car's going out of control. I got to reach over and grab the wheel. Uh, help me. 
to try to get this thing back going. Help man. me, please. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Yeah, what about them? Talk to Maybe me. they've gone and gotten a couple of Slurpees today as well. But uh, talking about guys who uh, could be candidates to make their first Pro Bowls this season. And so on the Fan Nation Panthers page, there were a few guys who were mentioned as far as who could be uh, the best candidates for that. Well, you have Bradley Bozeman, Frankie Louvu, J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chen, and a guy that I thought should have been on the list and probably my take for this discussion is uh, Iki Aquanu. That's I exactly think that right. This is a guy that could be uh, right up in the mix for his first Pro Bowl this season. But uh, after him, if I had to pick a second candidate, an honorable mention, so to speak, I would probably go with J.C. Horn if he can stay healthy. I yeah. think he could be a guy that, that could get into the mix. As I said, I think he has the matchups on his schedule, that if he can come through and be able to uh, lock down some of the guys like a uh, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, and maybe not lock them down, but just bottle some of these guys up and keep them from having tremendous games on Carolina and them resulting in wins. Those are the two guys that I would say, but you said you had Icky as well. Do you have a different second candidate? Well, Frankie Louvo I like a lot because I think what most Panthers fans have seen on social media is they'll put the resumes of all the Pro Bowl linebackers out there and then they'll compare it to Frankie Louvu and a lot of the numbers are very similar. Plus, we know that Averro is going to be able to use Louvu however he wants to because he's that versatile of a player. He's going to rack up the tackles. When you look at the sack column, I think he's going to have maybe five there after what the way that he was able to rush the quarterback last year. A couple of interceptions because we do know he is good in space. So in, in coverage. I, I, I like Frankie Luvu as that answer outside of Vicky Kwanu. I'll tell you this. What about Bryce Young? I think with the Pro Bowl QB spot, some of these guys aren't going to play and then you have injuries, so you can actually get down the list of pretty good ways before you get to somebody legitimately making the Pro Bowl. But Tyler Huntley made it last year, and we all know that he's not a legitimate Pro Bowl QB. Fine enough as a backup, but nobody is really thinking he's a Pro Bowl QB right now, okay? You go back to another rookie that was drafted number one overall here in Carolina, Cam Newton, made a Pro Bowl in 2011. Threw for 4,051 yards, did have the rushing component too, but if we get Bryce Young throwing for, let's say, 3,800 yards, can we get a 25 and 12, 13 type of run for him? If you go far enough down in that list and Bryce is in competition for rookie of the year, he just might get a pro bowl. Like that's not far fetched for me because of the way that we can go further down guys getting injured, guys not wanting to play. So maybe Bryce Young is the answer right off the rip. So would we go with the caveat of them making or him making it because of injury? Or would we say that, okay, if the Super Bowl quarterback ducks out, he gets in there because do you kind of just, I feel like, there are certainly a lot of Pro Bowl worthy guys, but do you discredit it a little bit when you make it off of a injury designation? Well, it's not the same as making it based on your accolades, based on if based on what you actually did in the regular season. Of course not, right? But yeah, I mean, if we're just talking about 
for technicality purposes. Mm-hmm. And also, you have to play a little well. Huntley's an outlier. And right. I'm guilty of using yeah, we that. Can't too. Even. Well, and, and I'm guilty of using that as too much of an outlier. You get the idea, though. There are QBs that sneak into that Pro Bowl every year or different players all across the board that can sneak into that position that, based on what they did, aren't really Pro Bowlers. Now, Bryce Young could come in and absolutely battle for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's well within his reach alongside maybe uh, B. John Robinson, who's going to be the favorite. Bryce Young, you could argue, is the second favorite. But if he and so when he's competing for that, it will be a good season. And that's how he can get a Pro Bowl nod. But Icky, if you just want to go off pure merit, we've seen left tackles take big old jumps from an already solid rookie year, which is what he had to a Pro Bowl or all pro season. Their second year in the league. Yeah. Icky has that kind of ability. Wes. OK, but let's look at this thing. Now, walk. I want to okay. walk with me. OK, you like that? All right, I'm, so I'm, listen. I'm scared. Where am I walking? I don't know. I'm... All right, so but when we look at the NFC, though, man, is it that big of a reach to say that he could make it on his own merits alone the first go-round because this is not the AFC that's just loaded with quarterbacks. Let's take a look at this for a second. When you look at the NFC East, okay, Jalen Hurts, I feel like, could be a given. Then you've got Dak Prescott, who's a strong candidate, Daniel Jones. You go to the NFC North, I don't really see a guy over there. Kirk Cousins, possibly Jared Goff. You go to the NFC South. I mean, Derek Carr is no shoe-in to get there, and the rest of the quarterbacks in the league are either unproven or you're talking about Baker Mayfield. And then in the NFC West, I mean, Brock Purdy could be a candidate if he's able to play this season and stay healthy. But other than that, Kyler Murray is not uh, on the tops of anyone's list as an elite quarterback. Matthew Stafford, who knows what you're going to see there. And then Geno Smith, he had a really good season. But he could conceivably be in the three that makes it for the NFC. I don't see a ton of guys standing in his way. He's got the number one billing coming behind him. If Carolina is a surprise team this season, the Alabama Connection, former Heisman Trophy winner, I think Bryce could get in there on his own and not need to uh, have guys bow out for injury. It's possible, but you have to have a whole lot of 50-50 calls go his way. Because Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Dak Prescott threw for a decent amount of interceptions last year, and that's uncharacteristic of what he had done previously. This is also a guy that can rack up a ton of yards. You have a good offensive line. Yeah, outside of those two, do you see a shoe-in? So, not. I don't know about a shoe-in, but if you want to go to somebody that Wes Bryant loves and has defended, Derek Carr, I would imagine you have ahead of him on a potential of making a Pro Bowl. So, Derek Carr is there. You also have Jared Goff, who has also been somebody that Wes Bryant has defended in that Detroit offense. No doubt. couple boys that you have, those guys might be ahead of Bryce Young as a rookie coming in. So there you have one and two with Jared Goff. And Brock Purdy's going to have a lot of buzz as well, no question. Well, and even so, Stafford isn't going to be a Pro Bowl QB this year. I don't know if that's just going to be because of the Rams not being nearly as good, but if Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford stay healthy, then I think overall, based off what he's been able to accomplish, maybe Stafford's someone you put ahead of him. And then, look, if Justin Fields racks up a lot of rushing yards, And Chicago is a team that that. gets you nine wins or is 500. 
people are going to point to the rushing yards and then we'll kind of do this Heisman thing, right? Like where you, if depending on how crazy the stats are, if Justin Fields has a lot of yards rushing and passing and it looks a lot better than he did last year because the ability's there, then maybe Fields. But I, a lot of 50-50 calls are going to have to go Bryce's way. Yeah, it could. So then when you talk about young Panthers and guys that could make their first Pro Bowl and you talk about players under the age of 25 years old, do you think that Ikiakuanu is the Panthers' best player under 25? I would go Bryce Young again in that category but if we want to take out the rookie quarterback and just give him that rookie designation I would probably say that I think that uh, Iki Aquano could be that guy but he's got some good competition as well especially when you talk about J.C. Horn is in the mix for that as well. J.C. Horn is is in the mix too. I'm going to give J.C. Horn the nod just because I think you see his rookie season he got hurt, but he looked like he was going to be a very good player as soon as he stepped on the football field. Mm-hmm. Icky's very good. I don't know if he was as good as J.C. Horn as soon as they stepped out there. So Horn, Icky, those are the guys. I know I was you know, kind of going off the beaten path a little bit with the Quanu, but I still think people could see it. He's the highest draft pick that we're talking about outside Bryce Young. Icky being that number sixth overall pick. And Derek Brown is up there, too. So maybe Derek Brown is somebody that we should be mentioning a little more as to his possibility of making a first Pro Bowl. If he puts together back-to-back seasons, now you're starting to build a foundation of being a good defensive tackle. I think what's interesting here, Wes, as we dissect this, there are a lot of players to consider making their first Pro Bowl and guys that are 25 or younger that you could point to and say, okay, yeah, they're the best player. Derek Brown is, yeah, so uh, he's 25 right now. So Derek Brown, Brian Burns is 25. If Burns is under 20, if he's 25 or under, that's the guy you roll with. But if it's just under, like if if you're going 24 and under, then maybe you go J.C. Horn. Okay, so then on the flip side of that, when we talk about guys who could make their first Pro Bowl and things of that nature, who is a player, though, that even though we may not feel necessarily that they will be this, but who has the biggest bust potential? Because mm-hmm. Alex Ballantyne of Bleacher Report predicted each team's biggest bust for 2023 and for the Carolina Panthers, he predicted Miles Sanders. He said that uh, that Sanders is a solid back with good blocking, but telling a fan base that just saw Christian McCaffrey in his prime that Sanders is going to be a star is setting them up for disappointment. And so uh, they talked about that his breakout season last year was due to one of the best offensive lines in football and positive game scripts. There's one of those techie football terms that I guess are starting to emerge, but they said according to player profiler, Sanders enjoyed the best game script of anyone in the league and was eighth in run block rating. So what do you think of that? Do you agree with that or do you have a player that could uh, maybe have more bust potential for lack of a better term? I think Miles Sanders is a good candidate for this. It, It makes sense if you want him to be the answer. Best offensive line in the league last year. Wasn't involved in the passing game. We've seen those numbers go down every single season. I know we saw in Blueprint the interview or a session where he was talking with Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich, and that is the plan to resurrect the passing game for Miles Sanders, who had 50 receptions his rookie year. And I expect him to be okay on that front, but it does make sense as him being the guy that does not live up to the expectation as far as being the highest paid free agent running back this past offseason. So he was... Probably the biggest addition, just talking about how big these running backs' contracts were. Another guy that could be out there, I don't think it's going to happen. But I could understand an argument for Jeremy Chin. Okay. So, if you think Jeremy Chin is this 
legitimate star in the making who was worthy of being second in the defensive rookie of the year voting when Chase Young won it a few years back. And then maybe you expect him to, you think he's taken a step back the last couple of seasons. I think most Panthers fans feel that way. Now you bring in a Vero. You don't have Phil Snow. There were rumors about Phil Snow, Jeremy Chin, not exactly getting along even more so on Chin's front. Maybe a Vero is not the savior for Chin to have this coming out party again, right? Going back to what he was able to do as far as uh, expectations his rookie season, maybe Chin is that guy because we're talking about a safety group that you got some depth now. It's not usual. Carolina usually doesn't have a whole lot of, of safeties that you point to and feel comfortable with, but they went out, they got Von Bell. They have Xavier Woods, someone that was pretty solid last year. Now you're talking about moving him all over the place, but Frankie Louvu is also a versatile piece that you have. And then your boy, Jamie Robinson. I mean, what if he comes in and actually really impresses yeah. as a fifth round pick? I don't think it's going to happen. But if you were to if you were to have me come up with a list of candidates, I would have Miles Sanders and I would have Jeremy Chin on that list. If I had to uh, go in and give my candidates for it, I would probably go with Derek Brown because of the fact that the big guys, they always make me nervous. Those big interior defensive linemen, we know a lot of times they have questions about the motor. Is it always there? And I know that coming into last season that Derek Brown was actually headed towards that very category of being a bust of a first round selection. Now he came through last year and really emerged as a force on this defense, but I think this is a make or break year. What are we going to see from him? Add in the fact of going to an odd front, dealing with more blockers than usual on a given play, may not be able to uh, kind of freelance as much as far as just taking on one guy or maybe using his instincts to make a play or two if he feels like he's able to do that because he has to protect those linebackers and I think that will probably dial back some of the production that we saw last year even though there will be a lot of things in the stat sheet that we will not see just because of the base defense that they're going to play in. But I think this is going to be a great year to see from Derrick Brown going forward. Is he going to be the guy that we saw last year or is he going to be the guy from the previous years? And then also, uh, I would go with you as far as Jeremy Chin because he's gotten a lot of buzz uh, this offseason and they've been talking about what a different player he looks like, the coverage improvement and also how they're just going to take him back to the role that he had when he was defensive rookie of the year. And so I think that uh, he could be a guy that could still maybe divert back to the play that we've seen the last couple of seasons and not end up doing some of the things that people think uh, that he would with his potential. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see. Matt in Greensboro said, don't count out Chark if he stays healthy. Maybe as far as a pro bowler goes, maybe you could see him bust, to be honest with you, if Chark stays healthy but then doesn't have a great performance. Maybe you could see him be that guy that doesn't go out for a 1,000 yards or even 800, right? Whatever your expectations of him are. My next one on the list, I, I'll throw this one out there. Bradley Bozeman, two names okay. that Skylar Callahan had as guys that could make their first Pro Bowl ever. Yes, it, it's possible for sure. But with Bradley Bozeman, we know that he's much more of a run blocker than a pass blocker. And so if you're in some passing situations and he allows somebody to get free up the middle and Bryce Young can't step up, interior pass, interior pass rush is really hard to deal with as a quarterback. I think a lot of QBs will tell you it's it's the most disruptive thing they have to deal with is pressure up the middle. Well, if that happens, and it happens in key spots, I wonder if that's something that leaves us a, 
uh, a little disappointed with with one Bozeman. I love him. I'm glad you have to bring him back. It makes all the sense in the world to bring him back. But just some candidates that I could see uh, maybe being there in that category. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Y'all? The level of unbridled confidence on our text line right now from 48-year-old men who think that they could get five yards on 10 carries for $10 million in a real live NFL game, it warms my, my sports radio heart. It really does. It's amazing. 704-570-9610. Um, the, the question again is, I'm, I'm offering you one of two options. One million free American dollars. Just a, a million bucks clean. You can walk with it, no strings attached. Or I give you a chance to earn 10 times that much. I give you a chance to earn $10 million. But you have to gain five yards on 10 rushing attempts in an NFL game. And I'd say a a cool 75% of you are asking me on the text line right now, well, KB, who's my offensive line? Who's my offensive line? Because that matters now. I, I love how much they think this matters. It matters now. To that, I would say this. Your offensive line in this scenario is equal to commensurate with the defensive line on the other side. So if you're going to tell me, well, if it was the Cowboys offensive line, if I if I had the um, the Cowboys mid-90s offensive line, well, of course I'm going to get the, the five yards and the $10 million. Okay? But what I'm saying is in this scenario, if you want the Dallas Cowboys mid-90s offensive line, then, you know, we'll put it in modern terms. You're facing Philadelphia's defensive front. That, that's who you're facing on the other side. Who's the greatest uh, defensive line ever assembled in NFL history? I'm thinking, of course, the 85 Bears had a really good one. Um, Steel Curtain's up there. Steel Curtain, Pittsburgh's up there. Fearsome foursome. The, the early 2010s New York Giants defensive lines, the ones that upset Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, those are really good. Yeah, I could say the Jets around that same time, too, had some pretty good ones. Yes, you could. You absolutely could. Um, Green Bay Packers had some great ones. Um, the oh, oh, late late 80s, early 90s Eagles? Yes. The 02 Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, pretty incredible. Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, Anthony McFarland. That was a really good defensive line. So I, I think you get the point. If you want the mid-90s Cowboys offensive line as the group in front of you, 
then they've got to be staring across at the 75 Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. they got to be staring across at Mean Joe Green and Dwight White and L.C. Greenwood. That, that's who they got to be looking across the, uh, the line of scrimmage at. Or the 71 uh, Minnesota Vikings. Purple people eater. Yes, sir. 85 Bears. Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, Steve McMichael, and uh, Refrigerator Perry. Got to. Let me read these texts. I swear to God, I've never seen this much unbridled confidence from people in my life, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let me pull it up real quick. I, I just, I've been waiting. All right, so Derek, Mighty Mint Hill Derek says, I'm a man's man, and I certainly feel I could get five-plus yards, but... I'm also a man's man enough to admit I'll just take the money. <laughs> Those aren't boys out there on the field. Those are real men. I can turn that one mil into five mil. I like his approach. Uh, eight to eight numbers is attempting to run five yards and 10 attempts. Probably not. Take the money there. But 10 swings at 95 mile an hour fastballs bring the heat. Listen, it's a different challenge, but I could argue you might even be less likely to touch a 95 mile an hour fastball. If you've never seen one before. Did it hurt my hands when I was trying to hit off a of 70 mile per hour pitches? There's a chance that you, you know, close your eyes and get lucky. Sure, I guess. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Again, they're very different physical challenges. But I maintain hitting a professional, hitting professional pitching is the single most difficult thing to do in sports. So I understand why you're saying that. But I think it, the smart thing to do in both scenarios is take the money. But I would be tempted to hit the baseball. Um, Panther Bo says, a million ain't even FU money. Leroy Jenkins that and run the damn ball. That's what I'm talking about. Panther Bo says, a mill ain't even FU money. Leroy Jenkins that be and run the damn ball. Uh, also said his dad was a run first quarterback in the early 70s. Now the guy walks like Herman Munster. I mean, shouldn't that be your reason to not do it? Uh, Mint Hillbilly says, give me the rock and start calling me Mid-Hill Millionaire. <laughs> QC Sugar Daddy says, I'm six foot three, 230, 245 pounds currently. And at 45, I'm taking the 10 carries and I'm hitting those five yards. That's QC Sugar Daddy. Uh, Panther Fan Stan tells me, KB, the people who say they would try for the 10 million should have to add their photo to the text line. I'd take the million all day long. Uh, Marty or Matty Dingo. I better get it after the third attempt because my old ass would be broke by then. Uh, domestic dispute in waiting. Sports fans about to end up in the same boat as 75% of athletes who go broke and Airbnb small business owners back to broke as hell. Whew. Yeah, the Airbnb market ain't looking so hot. Hey, uh, by the way, this is example number A through Z of why women live longer than men. 1,000%. <laughs> have you seen that stand-up clip? I, I know I have. It ended up in my, uh, my timeline. The old algorithm fed it to me. Um, it was, it's a female stand-up talking about how she's, in her opinion, men go to sporting events and go to games, and many of them wear jerseys, not to support the team, but because they actually think that they could do it, they could play, they could still play. And so they're there. we're actually all there just in case they want to put us in the game and let us play. I would have made it to the college level, but uh, shoulder injury messed me up, man. I, that's Those are my favorite people alive. Like, I'm not even mad at them anymore. Like, earlier in my life when I was younger, I was like, shut up, you're lying, you're an idiot, the coach didn't hate you, you just sucked. Now those are some of my favorite stories. Listening to the Uncle Ricos out there uh, tell us just how great they would have been if it hadn't been for that dastardly old coach that hated them. Had to put it in his son instead of me. Anyway, let's keep it going. Uh, Juicebox says, I'm 6'4", 220, zero concussions, and I tend to keep it that way. I'll take the cool million and walk away intact. Uh, let's see, 980 number. KB, a former backup cornerback at the University of Alabama, became pastor of our church here in Charlotte a few years ago. 
We played football in the churchyard one afternoon, and he hit me one time. I went home after that. There's no way I'm lining up against an NFL defense. That's Scott from Waxhaw. <laughs> so, so the washed-up youth pastor hit you, and you immediately went home. That that's that should be the kind of thing that makes other people give pause to this. I would think anyway. 704-570-9610. Would you take the million dollars, or would you take the 10 carries to gain five yards for $10 million? Carolina Dave says, give me the damn rock. I'm going goal line formation 10 times hoping to get three yards by attempt seven and then run a trick play. You're going to run a trick play. (laughs) (laughs) D2 kicker echoing me saying, quote, me and the coach didn't get along, end quote. It's always the best one. Yeah, I love that one too. Uh, Let's see, 704 number. And when you're laying in the hospital bed on the first carry, what do he say? Oh, when you're laying in the hospital bed after a 10-yard loss on the second run, your insurance agent is on the phone to explain why they are denying your claim. Uh, Big Germ says, I'm 6'7", 245, 32 years old. I play basketball currently, but I'm going for the 10 milli. Five yards is nothing with 10 attempts. Okay. that I, I love the confidence, but the five yards is nothing part is crazy. Because, again, people keep asking, who's my offensive line? You pick. But is whatever offensive line you pick, if you pick the, the Dallas Cowboys of the mid-90s or some such offensive line group, then the defensive front you're facing on the other side directly correlates to that group. So if you want one of the greatest offensive lines of all time, you got to face one of the greatest defensive fronts of all time. It's just how it works. Um, 98% of people are not getting the five yards. They're just not. I love the confidence that's on the text line, but they're just not. Uh, 704 number says, I imagine most of the people you're asking this question to are the likeness of Mac, LOL. Now, I mean, look, Mac's not a very big guy. Um, but we, we got dudes on the text line, like big germ. He's six, seven, two forty five. Hell, I don't know who he, I'm calling cornbread Fred. I don't know what his name is, but he, the guy who texted in earlier and said he's six, six, three fifty seven and not fat. Like this guy, you know, he, he is, um, a big rig. Like he carries cement trucks when they break down. He's six, six, three fifty seven says he's not fat. And when I asked him, he said, I'm an old lady. Just make sure I eat right. What are you eating? Puppies? Wolves? <laughs> Like, what are you eating? You're 6'6", 357, and not fat. <laughs> Sorry, what you said. Puppies? Wolves? Are you, are you eating rhinoceros children? Like, what? You're 6'6", 357. <laughs> and not fat. Like, how do you even do that? I'm, I'm in awe of that. It's incredible. It's incredible. 704-570-9610. Uh, Scott, the XFL honk, says, I could do it if I was in the XFL. No, you absolutely could not. You absolutely could not. <laughs> Salesman says, I caught a dude in high school that threw low 90s and played 14 years in Major League Baseball. 95 gets up in you quick. These dudes have no clue. Give me the money. Exactly. Me and Michael Felder had this conversation uh, about two years ago. I, I, that one guy on the internet who got the whole thing started where he was like, baseball's got to be the easiest sport to just pick up and learn, right? <laughs> and anybody who played baseball was like, uh, no. Like, we all admit that football hurts a lot more. But baseball is probably the hardest sport to pick up and just play at the highest level. Like, you're, like so many people don't realize they would end up in a in a plastic surgeon's office just trying to field a, a sharply hit ground ball if they'd never done it before. Like if you've never fielded a sharply hit ground ball before, and you just tried to go out on a baseball field, you know, and, and play with guys who've been playing their entire lives, you'd end up in the hospital. You just would. Um, much less hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball. 
There was a time when my brother passed me physically. And my brother, I mean, he clocked 96 on the gun several times. He, he didn't work at 96. He worked like 91 to 93. But he touched 96 on the gun a handful of times. He started screwing around when, when we were 21 years old. He was 21. I was 24. We were supposed to be doing long toss together as an off-season workout. And he decided to screw around. And he threw it nearly as hard as he could. I took a 95-mile-an-hour fastball to the sternum. Oh. It took me five minutes to gather myself and get up and go try to chase him and kill him. Yeah. But then I learned, I was reminded he was faster than me too. So there was nothing I could do about it. Well, that reminds me, look, I, when I was in kid pitch, you know, me being a lefty, I was also kind of used as a crash test dummy because I was one of the only like two or three lefties in the whole entire league. So they were so used to pitching against righties. They didn't know how to pitch against lefties. So what happened a lot? My own base percentage was pretty high, Kyle, but it's not because I got hits. It's because I got hit in the sternum so many times. And those guys were, those kids were pitching, what, 60 miles an hour, 65 at the most? That hurt. I uh, know, it's awful. Imagine how bad it is at 95. It's awful. Like, I'm, I'm just, if you've never been hit by a 90 plus mile an hour fastball, you just don't have any concept of it. 704 Now, Jordan. Uh, one of our, our resident tough guys on the text line, he's a professional fighter, UFC guy, uh, Jordan Rinaldi, he said that he is taking the carries. He asked me, are we taking the carries from the running back position? If so, all day, I'm taking that option and I'm getting my money. I once was a featherweight, maybe not so much anymore, but I could find a few holes that here and there to get five yards, live dangerously. And then he says, is it not at least worth the story to say you had the opportunity and tried it? The man in the arena, the most important part of life. A little Roosevelt quote there from Jordan Rinaldi. Now, I like your last point. I do. I also think there are a lot of people on my text line that never watched pros versus Joes, and it shows. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.